Greetings, friend, and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, where we are working every day to remove the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from becoming the heroes of our own stories. I am Marcus Barr, and I want to humbly ask again that if you have benefited from the work of this podcast, then I would greatly appreciate you going to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app or service and leaving a rating and a review. That helps to get it into the hands and probably more notably the earbuds of others. And we can continue sharing this valuable information of how we can become the heroes of our own stories. Today, I wanted to share some of the tools and the resources, specifically books that have been helpful for me as I have walked this journey of becoming the hero of my own story. And I'm still walking this journey. I'm still learning. I will share links in the show notes. And I do just want to say up front that these are all paid links. I am not getting anything for recommending these. I have not worked out any kind of plan or anything so that I could receive any kind of financial benefit from these recommendations. These are all resources that I have found helpful and beneficial. If you are interested in getting your hands on a copy of any of the books that I have suggested here, then you can find them easily. The first book that I want to talk about, and for those of you who are on the video version, you'll be able to see these, but I actually have the books here in front of me, most of the books, I should say. And the first one I wanna talk about is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And it is Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. A lot of the work that I do involves helping people become aware of the trauma that is impacting the decisions that they are making and the thoughts and the feelings that they have. And I have a couple of clients who have read through this book. I am reading it. I'm still at the beginning and it can be a difficult read. He very much goes into the science of what is taking place in our brains, in our bodies And he also provides some helpful tips and tools of what we can do in order to help process what is going on within us that oftentimes is taking place on a very unconscious level. There have been many times where I have spoken with someone and we're working through their maladaptive coping mechanisms or their self-limiting beliefs. And I will hear sentiments along the lines of all of a sudden I was going back to what I didn't want to do. Or the next thing I know, I was back. What often happens is this is not something that is all of a sudden or It just comes out of nowhere. A lot of times we're just not aware of what's going on because our brains are very good at disconnecting when we are experiencing something that is triggering. 
And so what we have is we have our brain and our body in a dance of, I need to tell you what happened here, but the brain is saying, no, we're not going there. We can't handle it. What is important is becoming aware of what is happening within our bodies. Where is the tension? Where are you feeling the stress? What is happening with your heart rate as you are experiencing these triggering moments or conversations? Our bodies hold on to that. And that's the premise of Bessel van der Kolk's book, is helping us to actually become aware of what is happening within our bodies. Which leads us to the next tool, and that is mindfulness. Mindfulness is something that I'm still working on, and I encourage all of my clients to become more aware of, because we tend to tend to fall more into the camp of allowing our brain to dictate whether it's something that we can handle based on our past trauma. We're oftentimes not aware, especially in the busy society that we live in. We are running around like crazy. And for many of us, we don't even take the time to breathe let alone check in with ourselves and see what's going on. Mindfulness can help us out with that. And what mindfulness is, is literally stopping and stepping out of the chaos or the craziness, the busyness, the dysregulation, and asking, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And where am I feeling it? Where in my body am I feeling this tension? What are the emotions that I am experiencing because of this remark that was made to me when I was at the grocery store? When that person cut me off in traffic, why did I respond by giving him the middle finger? What was going on inside of me to drive that? Instead of having these become 100% unconscious responses, we want them to become conscious. We want to become aware. And that's where mindfulness comes in. It is literally allowing our brains and our bodies to speak to each other so that we are able to be more wholly aware of what's happening, not just around us, but within us as well. I shared about this on the last podcast that I'm reading through this book here titled What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Helmstetter. And I have, at the time of this recording, I just finished chapter four. And I've been reading this for a couple of weeks now, and the chapters really aren't that long. I'm only 22 pages into this book. That's how slow I'm reading through this. 
because there's just that much good stuff in there. I'm taking my time and I'm allowing myself to process through what Shad is saying and how I can learn more about myself and what is causing these self-limiting beliefs within me in this entire process. As the title of this book says, it's all about our self-talk and it is becoming aware of why we have the self-talk that we have and what we can do to change that, what we can do to improve it. And he goes into some of the science that's been coming out around it. The version that I have is the updated version. I don't know when this book came out the first time, but one of the things about this book is that when he first released it, there wasn't a whole lot of science being done on the impact of our self-talk and with this updated version, there's much more available, much more data, much more even anecdotal evidence that tells us what happens when we have a negative self-talk and what happens when we change it to be a much more positive self-talk. I highly recommend this book. Again, that is What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Helmstetter for anyone who is trying to do this work of becoming the heroes of our own stories because we are working with these self-limiting beliefs. And this helps us to unearth what these self-limiting beliefs are. And at the same time, it also helps us to begin working through them and changing them. Now for this next resource, many of the clients that I work with are individuals who struggle with some kind of unwanted sexual behavior in their lives. One of the books that came highly recommended for this, and it's not just for individuals with that kind of maladaptive coping mechanism. It encompasses all forms of maladaptive coping mechanisms. And that is Altogether You by Jenna Ramirezma. And it is... If I read the subtitle here, Experiencing Personal and Spiritual Transformation with Internal Family Systems Therapy. Now, this is a Christian take on the internal family systems model of therapy. And for those of you who do not ascribe to the Christian beliefs or the Christian faith, then I would encourage you not to just toss this book aside. There are some good tools and some good examples of how this can help us have a better understanding of the internal workings within us. Again, it is the internal family systems model of therapy and the founder of internal family systems is named Dr. Richard Schwartz. And he was working with some individuals through their own therapeutic needs. And he was looking at the entire family as a means of, okay, it's not just this one individual. It is the family unit as a whole. How does my client need to change? How does my client's 
mother and father and siblings? How does everyone in the entire family need to change? When these changes were made, there were many of these people that still struggled to find any kind of change in their behavior. And so he started looking at, oh, maybe there's more. And he came up with the concept of an internal family system. And that is we have parts inside of us that are holding trauma and wanting to express this said trauma. And then there are parts that are trying to prevent these other parts holding the trauma to express their trauma. What this concept is helping people to understand or even just put some language to what's going on within themselves is that we have parts inside of us. There are two distinct parts, and the first part is the exiles. We have exiles inside of us that are holding trauma, and they're holding pain, and they want to express that pain. They don't like what they're holding. The problem that they run into is the other kind of parts that are called the protectors that are divided into two different groups. We have the managers and the managers are those parts that are trying to manage the pain. They are trying to manage the exiles in order to keep them from expressing the pain. And they can only do so much. When the exile then expresses the pain, the other protector, known as the firefighter, comes in with the maladaptive coping mechanisms and takes over in order to stop the pain. Does that sound at all familiar to you? It sure makes a whole lot of sense to me. And there are some guided meditations and just some good information in here about how this might explain many of the choices and behaviors that we continue to return to, even though we don't want to go to those anymore. The next book that I want to talk about, this was something I heard about later on in 2023 and have a couple of clients who are working through this book with me. It is called Reset by Deborah Folletta. And it is Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. I like this book because it is designed specifically to be completed within the span of a month. There are 31 chapters. Every single chapter has a very practical tool to help you reset in order to change some of the behaviors or even the thoughts that you're having playing in your mind. And they're very bite-sized. The, the chapters themselves are relatively small. And I'm trying to look through here. Yeah, the first chapter itself is five pages. And that's pretty much how most of these are. And considering that this is designed for you to work through one chapter every single day throughout the course of a month, I have, I have some clients that were working through like two chapters a week because 
we get together and we talk about the concepts and go over the practices. Every single chapter has a series of questions to help you apply that day's concept. Again, this is a book that is written through a Christian lens. So if you do not ascribe to the Christian system of belief, then I would highly encourage you not to disregard this book. Take what is going to be helpful for you and just drop the rest. I have been doing that with Christian books and non-Christian books alike. I take what I find to be helpful and if there's something that doesn't apply to me because of my beliefs or my faith or even sometimes it's my own understanding of the topic, then I glean through and take what is beneficial and helpful and I leave the rest behind. It's okay. And again, 31 practical tools that can help us begin to change and reset these behaviors. Not that you're going to be fixed within 31 days. It will give you a very solid foundation to help you get there if you do the reading and you also answer the questions at the end. A great book. Highly recommended, even though I'm still at chapter nine right now. One of the ones I've had many conversations with lately is chapter seven, where it's not a one player game. Those of you who are seeing the video version of this will understand why that means so much to me because of all of the gaming memorabilia and everything behind me. I highly recommend this book. One of the things from it that I share with my clients all the time and I remind myself of quite frequently is that Deborah says, our thoughts lead to our feelings and our feelings lead to actions. That has been so simple yet profound for me. And anyone who has actions or behaviors in their lives that are not serving them anymore, if they are causing more harm than good, then Pick this book up. It is a great one to help you get down to what is actually driving the behavior because the behavior isn't the problem. The thoughts that start them are. The next two books that I want to talk about, they're from the same author and I have found them to be incredibly helpful on different journeys that I've been on. If you have experienced, as I have, some abuse or spiritual trauma within the Christian church, then one of the books that I would highly recommend is Finding God in the Waves by Mike McCarg. And just this brief blurb that it says, a story about having faith, losing it, and finding it again through science, revealing how the latest in neuroscience, physics, and biology, biology, if I can get my words out, Help us understand God, faith, and ourselves. Not to give too much away on this, but there is a story that Mike shares in here about going from a 
very conservative Christian upbringing to becoming an atheist and then rediscovering his faith and relationship with God through the process. If this is something that you are wrestling with or you have experienced something that makes you question your faith, one of the things that I would highly encourage is you're not the only one who's gone through that. There are many, many others who have walked this road before you, and you don't have to walk it alone. This is a great resource to help you navigate through this if you are finding yourself experience some kind of crisis in your own faith, in your own understanding of what your God or even your higher power is. The other book that Mike McCard wrote that I highly recommend is called You're a Miracle and a Pain in the Ass. Just taking some blurbs about the book off of its page here on Amazon, because I honestly can't say it any better than they have here. McCarg shows us how some of our qualities that seem most frustrating, including negative emotions like sadness, anger, and anxiety, are actually key to helping humans survive and thrive. In doing so, he invites us on a path of self-understanding and ultimately self-acceptance. You're a Miracle and a Pain in the Ass is a guide, guided tour through the mystery of human consciousness, showing readers how to live more at peace with themselves in a complex world. This is, again, another book. I don't have it. I really want it. I did listen to an audiobook through my public library, and it has some just profound and interesting scientific evidence and even parts of Mike's own story of wrestling with these issues that he struggled with around his own mental and even physical health and finding acceptance, especially in the realm of neurodiversity. And I know that's such a buzzword these days, and yet I find it to be very beneficial to understand that we pretty much all have our own levels of neurodivergence. And you may even be pushing back when I say that. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't have any kind of neurodivergence. And one of the things I heard from my therapist is anyone who has experienced trauma is neurodivergent because if we think about neurotypical, which first of all, who dis who even says what is neurotypical? What is typical of anyone on these journeys? When we have any kind of trauma and when we have any kind of hurt or pain in our lives, and those are dictating our feelings and those are pushing these behaviors that are trying to protect us and yet maybe even harming us and harming those around us, that is neurodivergence. That's not neurotypical. As the subtitle of this book says, if you want to embrace the emotions, habits, and mystery that make you you, then definitely get your hands on this book. 
and I am hoping that I will have my own copy here sometime this year in 2024. I have two more tools that I want to share with you. The next tool that I want to share is called the Finch app. It is an app that you can get on Android or on iOS, and it is a self-care app. It is absolutely free to use, and you can pay for a premium subscription if that's something that you so choose. It's absolutely not necessary. They don't hide any benefits behind the subscription other than just getting some more little goodies for your little finch that you hatch in this app. So the premise of this app is you are given a finch to take care of. You need to check in on your finch, preferably daily, though if you don't, it's not like something bad is going to happen to your, your little finch. In taking care of your finch, it goes on adventures. It learns about the world around it. It begins to discover what it likes and what it doesn't like. And you can also take it to exciting places like Tokyo and Paris and Singapore. And I'm trying to think of all the places my little Finch Odin has been to. And there's so many. He's currently in the Alps right now. That's where he's visiting and having his adventures. And you can set journeys for you to go on with your little finch pal. And they are things like building your self-confidence or a journey to a better you. It could be learning a new hobby. It can even become so helpful to have a journey that is just survive. Pretty much all of 2023, it has just been trying to survive in this house. And you can set goals with reminders if you need, or you can just check in as, as frequently as works for you to get reminders about these goals. Something as simple as just make sure you drink water today. Or if you're having a depressive episode, there's a reminder, hey, don't forget to take a shower. Don't forget to take care of your personal and physical needs. I guess I could actually open up the app here and share with you some of the suggestions that they have for journeys here. And they are feel more optimistic through gratitude, improve my focus, boost my energy, manage anxiety, just survive the day, cultivate work-life harmony, spend quality time with family, appreciate the moments in life, nourish my body, take time for personal joys, tidy space, tidy mind, so fresh, so clean, connect with my community, strengthen my connection with myself, greet the day, build my confidence, show care for others, Feel calm and mindful. Stay connected with friends. Power up with better sleep. Feel more adventurous and start moving. Get healthy. And you also have the option of creating your own journey and you set the goals for it. And you also get to set the frequency for these goals. 
I am on this journey to better myself. And this has three goals attached to it. And with these goals, the first one is a daily goal where I write an affirmation for myself. So every single day I am writing an affirmation toward myself to help me better myself and not be so stuck where I don't want to be. And then every Sunday, so this one's every week, I also have two goals that come up. One that is to list the people that help me feel more confident about myself and then also listing three qualities that I like about myself. So I'm getting daily and weekly reminders to change the talk that I am having about myself. This is something that has been incredibly helpful. My wife has joined it. I have some friends that we all have finches. You have your own little finchy town and you can invite friends. So you have others who are sending you support and encouragement and affirmations as well. It's an incredible tool for self-care. The last tool that I wanna share here is deep breathing. And what I usually instruct my clients to do is when we do this kind of breathing, you wanna make sure you're breathing with your diaphragm or breathing with your belly. You don't wanna breathe with your chest. So what I encourage my clients to do is to put one hand on their chest and put another hand on their stomach. And then just take some normal breaths, just some normal deep breaths. And become aware, which hand is moving more? Is it the one that's on your chest or is it the one that's on your stomach? If it's the one that's on your chest, you're breathing through anxiety. That's the, when we breathe with our lungs, instead of expanding the diaphragm, we are breathing with fear and with our anxiety. A more natural way to breathe is with our stomachs. Your lungs expand, but they expand downward as your diaphragm gives way in order to make room for them to expand. This is an incredible tool to help calm ourselves when we are experiencing some kind of dysregulation. So it's one of the first tools that I like to teach my clients to let them know, hey, here's something very practical you can do. And what I instruct them to do is you breathe in slowly through your nose and then you exhale even more slowly out of your mouth. The way that I heard it described is you breathe in slowly and then you exhale as if you are breathing out of a straw. So just an example. Okay, that wasn't exactly a slow breath from my nose. I'm gonna try that again. As soon as I do that, I get just this rush of oxygen that comes to my brain. 
this is a computer restart for our brain. When our amygdala is on and it is telling us we need to be afraid, we need to prepare, do we need to run, do we need to fight, do we need to flop, whatever the fear response is, we can control our breathing and through that, shut down the amygdala and turn the prefrontal cortex back on so we can make a good decision in the moment. I hope you found these tools and resources helpful. And again, links are in the description if you want to get your hands on any of the books that I mentioned. I am not getting paid anything for recommending these. I have just found these tools and these books to be incredibly helpful. And until next time, live strong for today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in working with me, there is a link to my website in the show notes and also a link just to schedule a free 50-minute one-on-one call with me. Let's get the conversation started. Also, please rate and review this podcast so more people are able to find it. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon.